0: Hello, and welcome to the Healthcare Fraud Shield podcast. My name is Karen Weintraub. I am an Executive Vice President with Healthcare Fraud Shield, and this will be our last episode of the first season of our podcast. So this will be episode seven, and we look forward to doing uh, additional episodes and a series of of items in 2021. So to close out 2020, uh, talk a little bit about some of our Uh, accomplishments. And then the final topic that I wanted to address in in this episode is is just kind of evaluating a fraud based and abuse vendor. So um, first, you know, again, thank you to everyone for listening to our first season of our podcast. And, uh, you know, it's been a a great success so far and we've had a lot of fun doing it. You know, in some of our prior episodes, we've talked about um, subject matter experts and the importance of having those folks on board and the things that they do from their involvement to the development of the product and the analytics to talking about, um, you know, we've talked about software, we've talked about aspects of investigations and all of the different components, you know, that can be um, helpful to learn, especially for a lot of the, the newer folks in the industry. So just a couple of things about the company in general you know we're we're really proud of our accomplishments in 2020 you know continuing to push the envelope um, from a variety of different perspectives but of course you know uh, most importantly the software itself uh, we've pushed out more around AI, more new features over actually well over 200 rules now uh, about 50% of those are specifically related to covid you know we realized quickly that it's important to be able to to pivot uh, with what's going on in the industry so we've spent a lot of emphasis on ai and rules it's really important to have both and we could probably have a whole nother episode on, on just that topic Um, In addition to that, you know, just new features, you know, about 100 or so new features throughout different elements of the software, different modules, you know, but a lot of companies, and this is not just unique to fraud, waste and abuse vendors, I don't think put enough emphasis on customer service. And that's what I wanted to really focus on is just how are customers uh, treated, you know, from healthcare fraud. And I think it's an important question to ask yourselves when you're evaluating any company, not just a fraud waste and abuse company I, I I think about this in in my personal life as well when i you know I'm dealing with different you know companies for different reasons. so I thought i'd walk through a couple of questions that you may want to ask yourselves when you're looking at a potential fraud waste and abuse um, vendor, or again any company in general it doesn't always have to apply to your professional life so the first thing I think about is if I needed help, you know can I get a hold of someone is it Is it simple? To reach someone, how do I reach them? You know, we've got email, we've got phone, and, and in many cases, uh, you know, if you call us, um, actually, in any, in every case, if you call us, you're going to get a live person, and in, you're also going to get someone who knows the topic and is a subject matter expert. But what if you can't get a hold of those folks, or what if you send an email, or you're left leaving a voicemail, and you don't hear back? I know several uh, folks that in just Again, personal and professional, I've seen them try a variety of different methods from Twitter to Facebook to Googling just to try to get a hold of somebody at an organization. So that first question is, can I get a hold of someone? may seem simple, but it it may not be. So making sure that you have the means to access the people you need to access and timely. And timely, we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit. So that's the first one. The second question I always ask myself is, do I know the people who are going to help me? Now, of course, in a lot of larger organizations, you know, you're not always gonna get the same person and, and that's completely acceptable, but it can be really nice when you email or you call a company that you're working with so closely that you get to know the people that are going to help you because that provides you a level of comfort um, when, when you need something. So you know, that's another question you may, you may wanna ask as well. The third one that I think about is response time. That's that timeliness uh, that I alluded to in the first question. How long does it take to even get a response? This can be very frustrating. You know, you need something now. What if you have some request that came in, perhaps from, you know, a regulatory agency that needs something right away? What if you're sent some kind of subpoena? You know, what if there are deadlines around something that you need that you need assistance with? Maybe you need help creating some kind of report or being able to extract information somehow and you're not exactly sure the best way to do it. So when you reach out, you know how long does it take for someone to even get back to you to first acknowledge that you've reached out? So I think there's two different types of responses. One is um, the acknowledgement of you know getting that uh, question or inquiry. So how long does it take to acknowledge that? And then two, how long does it take to resolve it? So once you reach out and someone says, yes, I understand your question, uh, you know, I'm gonna help you, do you hear from them again? And if so, you know, how long does it take to, to get some, some kind of response? Um, and then again, that resolution. Oftentimes when you're working with a fraud, waste and abuse vendor, it could be that again you might need a report, or uh, maybe if you're using a case management solution, maybe you need some modifications made to it to accommodate um, information that you need to track that's that's new that you didn't need to do before. How long does it take to make that modification? Because you're you're sitting there waiting to to make those adjustments uh, in your case management tools. So again, you know, being able to accommodate that kind of request quickly is very important. It may seem uh, unheard of in, in many, in many instances, um, but you know our goal is to strive to uh, conclude or resolve those inquiries within a matter of you know minutes, hours, you know, uh, and you know anyone that that works with our organization, you'll know that you'll typically get a resolution same day, unless it's something that's a little bit more involved. And then lastly, you know we're talking about customers who are are reaching out reactively when they need something. What about the vendor reaching out proactively? Have you ever had a company that reaches out to you and asks you how you're doing, um, wants to to touch base, wants to provide additional information that really isn't necessarily um, mandatory for that relationship? So for example, one of our goals is to provide education not just to our clients, but to the industry in general. We will put on educational webinars. We put out news articles. So there's a lot of new codes in the last couple of months related to COVID-19, related to the vaccine, related to the antibodies, related to testing. We are constantly putting out information to help educate folks that may not be up on, you know, all of the new uh, items out there and and the things to be aware of. So it's really important to have a company that's invested in, you know, being your partner and not just a partner as a client, but just, you know, being engaged in the industry in general. So those are some simple questions that you can ask yourselves, you know, when you're thinking about evaluating a fraud, waste and abuse company. So as I said earlier, 2020 really was a great year for our Healthcare Fraud Shield, um, from all the different aspects we talked about, from the product development, um, but also client growth. We've expanded our staff and we maintained that customer satisfaction. So you know, it's, it's important not just to, um, to get it right when, when you're getting a client on board, but to keep them happy throughout the entire process. And then you know, as they continue to be uh, a client and a partner you know, for years to come. So we're always looking to raise the bar on how to keep improving that and how to do more. So we're coming up with a lot of creative ways to continue to solicit feedback from our clients, but also to provide that level of interaction um, that maybe they weren't used to before. So on behalf of Healthcare Fraud Shields, I wanna thank all of our clients, all of our uh, podcast audience members, and really the entire fraud, waste, and abuse industry for, for your support. We hope that everyone has a happy and healthy holiday season, a happy new year, and we really look forward to uh, 2021. And I'm hoping that uh, it's going to be a a better year for for all. And we're really excited uh, for all of the things that we are working on as an organization. And we look forward to hearing from you in 2021. So thank you, everyone, and we'll see you then.